this morning we're going to read two scriptures together, first from Deuteronomy uh, chapter 6. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with me there uh, as, as we find uh, our way into, uh, into the, God's Word. Uh, if, if you don't have your Bibles with you, you can look at the words. They'll be projected on the screen. But while you're all turning there, I want you to, uh, to know uh, why it is that, um, that, that we have uh, come to this altar to read this Bible in this place. Um, Covenant opened uh, these doors for worship in the community uh, for Easter Sunday, but we actually had a couple of services ahead of that. Monday Thursday was our first uh, service of worship in this space. And, and towards the end of that construction project, beginning on Palm Sunday evening, uh, folks from the, from the church read this Bible, the entirety of this Bible, over the course of 76 hours of reading. And, and uh, families, individuals would come in and read the Bible aloud in this space so that before we ever worshiped here, the entire word of God was read aloud uh, amongst uh, the people of God to bless this sanctuary of the Lord. And so I wanted you to know that, that as we come and approach uh, the Bible week after week at the altar, I want you to know that nothing that is read uh, on Sunday morning has not already been read in this space. Amen. And uh, it's a gift to be able to know uh, that the word has been, uh, has been offered and proclaimed. And so we receive it uh, yet again this morning in that manner. Beginning in Deuteronomy, uh, it's going to be chapter 5, uh, verses 12 through 16. Hear the word of the Lord. Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy as, to, as the Lord your God has commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but on the seventh day... It is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you, nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your ox, your donkey, or any of your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns, so that your male and female servants may rest as you do. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt, and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand, and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. Honor your father and mother as the Lord your God has commanded you, so that you may live long and that it may go well with you in the land the Lord your God is giving you. And then we're going to uh, turn together over to the Gospel of Mark. The Gospel of Mark. Uh, beginning in chapter 2, verses 28, uh, 23 through 28. Mark, 20, uh, Mark 2, 23 through 28. One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields. And as his disciples walked along, they began to pick some heads of grain. And the Pharisees said to him, Look, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? And Jesus answered, have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? In the days of Abathar, the high priest, he entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread, which is lawful only for priests to eat. And he also gave some to his companions. Then he said to them, Jesus, that is, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is the Lord, even of the Sabbath. This is God's word offered to us in its reading and in its hearing. So we give thanks to the Lord God Almighty. Let us pray. 
And I invite you that um, if you haven't taken time yet this morning, just unwind and allow your body to rest. Allow um, you to feel the chair holding you securely and this ground holding us securely. God, open our hearts and minds and ears by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as your word has been read and your word is proclaimed, we might hear with joy and conviction what you would have to say to us today. We all pray together in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'm so delighted to be here today, and especially because we are introducing a new sermon series. We just got finished with our The Gardener series uh, as we look at how we are rooted in God through this entire year. And it really goes well into this nurture series as last week we finished up looking at who God is, the nature of God, uh, God who is three in one, God who creates and redeems and sustains. And we talked a little bit about Pentecost last week. And as we we're moving into this Pentecost season, when we think about the Holy Spirit coming upon our lives, we are going to take some time looking at how we can interact with God and draw ourselves nearer to God through different spiritual disciplines that we will be going through this summer. And so we are going to focus on, especially this morning, if you could not tell already, on the Sabbath, which is probably one of our most familiar spiritual disciplines that we hear about, but also I think one of our most neglected, underrated, and difficult disciplines that we can converse in. So before we get into that, um, I just want to say a couple of things about what I've learned thus far in my one week on the job. Um, we have, um, I have been running around in meetings, and I feel like I've been drinking out of a fire hose the whole time. And uh, there's a couple of things I've learned that I want to share with you. Number one, uh, church planting is the craziest, holiest thing I've ever seen in my whole entire life. Number two, if you did not know, your pastor is crazy, but in the best way possible. Um, number three, uh, your trustees really are the heroes of the world. And number four, whenever you are running around the most, that's when you need Sabbath the most, which is what I want to focus on today. And that's hard for me to say, guys, because one thing that is central to who I am that I've thankfully learned very early on in life is that I work off of inertia. I make it very clear with people a lot of the times that whenever I wake up, I only have so much energy that day. And once it's gone, it's gone, uh, which is why I've been showing up so early to work, by the way, for y'all that were wondering. Because <laughs> once I wake up, I only have that much, and that's all I'm willing to give. And so observing the Sabbath does this weird thing of switching me off of that. It forces me to change that about myself. And it forces me to instead work off of the work I've already done, this inertia, to flip it from working out of my rest and beginning and doing everything that I do out of this state of resting and who I am as a child of God. So Sabbath that we're talking about today, at its simplest form, is an invitation that we all receive to cease whatever our normal day-to-day -day activities are and to rest our minds, our bodies, and our spirits and our souls that day and to pay particular mind to our bodies 
and to how we are called to rest as God rested on the seventh day of creation. Each of us are going to discern different ways to do that and what that will look like for us. There is, I don't believe there's a right or a wrong way to necessarily observe the Sabbath. And we'll talk about that a little bit later when we see um, how Jesus uh, sees the Sabbath um, in our passage in Mark. But the only right answer I have for you is that whatever you normally do on a day-to-day basis, you stop it. Um, You just stop what you do. Think about what you normally do on a day-to-day basis and don't do that. Or don't do that how you normally do it. Or do it with a particular focus on God. But what I want to spend most of our time talking about this morning is what the Sabbath reminds us of. It is not just a practice, but it is a command, as we see listed out in Deuteronomy, and it's also in Exodus as well. It's one of our commandments that the, God, that the Lord has given us. And the Sabbath is a reminder of who we are, whose we are, as people who belong to God, and that the Sabbath allows us to get out of the way and to allow God to work in our lives in a way that we can't distract <laughs> as much when we aren't doing things. So let's start at the beginning of how we see the Sabbath. We first see Sabbath in the scriptures in the creation narrative. And this is a reminder to us that first and foremost, we practice Sabbath because God practiced Sabbath. And if there's one thing I know about us, brothers and sisters, it's that we are made in the image of God. And so what God does, we must also do. So God creates and then rests and then creates more out of that rest. And we are invited into that same narrative as God has created us and invited us to co-create and redeem and sustain alongside him as children of God, as children of Jesus Christ, that we are also called to rest. The next time we see the Sabbath is when it gets really interesting for me. We don't normally see the Sabbath throughout the rest of Genesis until we get to the story of Exodus. And I think this is where we see the centrality of the message of Sabbath, and we see the centrality of what Sabbath is reminding us of. Moses, whenever he is listing out these commandments, particularly in Deuteronomy, in this passage that we're looking at, he frames Sabbath not necessarily as something we do because God does, but something that we should do because of what God has done in our lives. Sabbath is something that we should practice, that he encourages the Hebrews to practice, because they have been released and delivered from slavery. And so we see here, friends, that we too, part of why we celebrate Sabbath is that we also have been delivered from things that hold us captive. One of the things that we are held captive by in this world is our work, is the things that we have to do that we just have to do. It's a necessity to make our lives run, to make a living, to be able to buy things and be productive in this world. Whenever we participate in Sabbath, we, again, are remembering that we, too, have been delivered from this commandment, this captivity of being held under our work. It is important to remember that the Sabbath, again, is not just a way to nurture our relationship with God, although it is. But it is a commandment 
that is given to us in order to remind us of God's covenantal promises on our lives. When we look at the passage in Mark, we see this very interesting interaction, uh, one of a couple, uh, with Jesus and his disciples interacting with the religious um, leaders of the day, talking about the Sabbath. And in Jewish customs, and there still is today, if you've ever been to the Holy Land on a Sabbath day, you will see how the town shuts down. And it's quite beautiful and quite remarkable. And it's very much the center of what a Jewish life is like. And a big part of that is not working and being uh, quite literal about that sometimes. And so we see here Jesus and his disciples um, picking up grains on the Sabbath and them being criticized by the religious leaders of doing something on the Sabbath. We see Jesus in this interaction between him and the leaders talking about how uh, the Sabbath is made for us to remind us and not us for the Sabbath. This again brings up this reminder that we participate in the Sabbath out of a necessity to remember whose we are. And while it may seem interesting and kind of odd that Jesus would be doing on the Sabbath, something that it very clearly says in Deuteronomy we shouldn't do, I feel that what Jesus is doing here as he does with many other interactions with him and the religious leaders, is he is not making them question whether or not there should be a Sabbath, but why there is a Sabbath. And what Jesus is arguing here is that a Sabbath is to remind us of who we belong to, that it is a time when we should draw ever closer to who God is. And in this case, it does not only mean resting, it means serving others and being aware of this call in our lives to serve others. So Jesus is reminding them and trying to bring them back to the purpose of the law, which is at its core to love God, to love neighbor, and to serve others without fear of the world because we have been delivered from the yoke of slavery. This promise is that we belong to God that delivers us from everything that tries to hold us captive. Work, productivity, productivity, sleep deprivation, wealth, consumerism, technology. Whenever we participate in a Sabbath, we are declaring that those things don't hold us captive. Just as when the Hebrew people celebrated the Sabbath, they were remembering that they had been delivered out of Egypt from slavery. When we participate in these things as Christians, we too are making a similar declaration. That the same God who delivered the Hebrews from captivity in Egypt brought himself down to the world and freed us from our sin and bondage and freed us from death and anything that may hold us captive so that we can say with certainty and live out in our lives the fact that Jesus Christ is Lord. While it may seem that Sabbath, where we are taking time to rest and do nothing, it may seem passive, but what we're doing is something quite resistant. We are fighting against the powers of the world that try to hold us captive. And we are taking time in that day to say that that has no power over us, that we may participate in the things of this world that help us live and grow, but that those things are not the center of our lives. 
And just like God, we know that we are in such in God's hands that we can create alongside God and then take that time to step back and rest with God. And this is risky, friends. And I think what we'll find this summer is that each spiritual discipline we may look at, while it may seem easy, can be risky. Because whenever we participate in spiritual disciplines, friends, what, we're, what we are showing to ourselves, to our neighbors, to the world, is who we really belong to. And this is kind of hard sometimes. It is hard and risky to put off a day of things that seem to really demand our time right now. Most of us, if you practice Sabbath, and I encourage you to begin practicing Sabbath if you have not done so, you will find that it is this weird thing where you wake up and the day that you decide to be your Sabbath is the day where a lot of things probably need to happen. Um, and it's funny how that works. But we must have the trust and the faith to be able to still turn that off. And that's risky. It's risky whenever others seem to be pushing ahead in a world where losing sleep and just working hard and putting all the hours you can is a very high value. It's hard for us to be in that culture and to say, no, I'm stopping and I'm resting. And that's part of the risk of Sabbath as well. And it's just risky to not be doing something that everyone else is doing, this constant movement and action in the world. But whenever we observe the Sabbath, whenever we set it aside and make it holy, we are making a declaration of who we belong to and whose we belong to, a God that delivers us from everything so that we may be able to act like him and be in his image without fear of any replication. And lastly, before I end, I want to touch on one thing that is very important to me about Sabbath, and that is that when we rest, we truly allow God to create things in our lives with fuller liberty as we take a step back out of the way. And in our inaction, God is able to move in our lives and in the lives around us and act in a deeper way as we submit to that inaction and let God work. I'll uh, illustrate this by telling a story about me so y'all can get to know me a little bit more. And because as I was thinking about this topic that was so deep in my heart, um, this particular story kept popping up in my mind. And that is that uh, this past year, in my second year of seminary, which was not as difficult as my, thir as my first, still very difficult, um, I was really felt like I was under a lot of pressure to be doing a lot at one time. I picked up several part-time jobs. I had, um, I was doing all these research projects, and man, I was just blown and going, and I was an all-star. I was just doing it, and I was crushing it. And I remember this very particular day in October, whenever I came out of a particularly good therapy session, and I was just on the ball, and I was moving and going, and for the first time in my life, it seemed like I didn't have that energy problem I was talking about earlier, that I was just going to be able to move, 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 move. And 
I was like, this is going to be a new stage in my life in which I'm going to be able to accomplish more than I've ever accomplished. I'm not going to have a problem with my energy, and I'm just not even going to worry about resting. I'm just going to go. I'm going to shoot for the stars. That night, I was walking my dog um, around our apartment complex before bedtime, and there was a little hole, um, and it's, it's almost comical how little this hole is. And I fell in the hole, and I broke my leg. And so in the midst of this movement and this action, and what I thought was going to be a time of just action and movement and productivity that I was very excited about, inaction hit me in the face. And so here I was, put in a cast, and then I was put in a boot. And I was doing everything I could, even though I was immobile. I was doing all the exercises I was supposed to be doing. I was um, taking all the you know, calcium supplements and all the vitamin D things, all, all those things. I was doing all the right things. And I went to a doctor's appointment at the end where I was hoping the doctor would tell me, you are healed, you're great, get going, go run again, you got it. But instead, they brought the x-rays back into the room, and they brought an orthopedic surgeon in and told me that what I had was a non-union. So even though I was doing all the right things, my bones did not come back together. And I had to face the fact that it was only whenever I completely and truly stopped and was literally put under sleep that my leg could heal. And so in January, I had surgery on my leg. And it was the most humbling and one of the most humiliating things I've had to go through because I had to admit that all the stuff I did did not fix my problem. But there is some beauty in that that I think we can learn about what Sabbath means. That sometimes it is only whenever we truly stop and truly rest and truly admit and submit to the will of God that God can act and create and heal in a way that God isn't able to do all the time whenever we're working. So friends, I invite you as we enter into this summer to engage in the Sabbath, to engage in these things that nurture our faith. And as we move together, we would all grow together in God. This summer, we're going to be doing a daily devotional series written by the pastoral staff. And I invite you to read those and to pray on those and participate in them, that this would be something that we all move in together. But first and foremost, I want us this summer, whether we practice the Sabbath or Bible study or prayer, meditation, that we remember this summer, that we're doing everything that we're doing as a way to remember and to live into the fact that we are children of God, a God who delivers us, a God who heals us, a God that creates in us, and a God that makes us whole. Let us pray. God, we ask for the ability to rest. We ask that you would give us um, the courage to stop what we're doing, 
that you would give us the willpower to stop what we're doing. God, we ask that you would use our time of Sabbath to be a time where you can take ownership of our lives, that you can do what you need to in our lives. God, allow us to be able to stop what we're doing and to focus on you. God, remind us in this time of Sabbath of why you have called us into this practice. Remind us of how we are called to create like you and how we're called to rest like you. Remind us of how you have delivered us from everything that may hold us captive. And allow it to be a day where we reset our focus on who you are and how we belong to you. And God, I ask that you would bless and honor these offerings that we give back to you this day. That we would remember that as you have given yourself to us, as you've given the gifts of your spirit to us, and the ability to love you back and to give back to you, that you would receive what we would have for you this day. That you would bless what we bring at your feet, and that you would use it to build your kingdom. We ask that you would never allow us to feel far from your presence, God. And that you would build us up and that through this time of growing with you, that we may feel even more rooted in who you are. And that we would remember.